Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. God, but God who? 
we see and notice in the word of the Lord that God, uh, he reveals different dimensions of himself. He is Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, Adonai, El Eri. So when you call it upon God, if there is not the, a characteristic and the attribute of a God, of, of, of God in your heart and your mind, that he's an abstract God. He's an abstract God. She says here in verse 12, then you will call upon me, you will call upon me, call upon me. Then when you're calling upon God, what dimension of his character is you calling upon? And see, if if you calling upon Jehovah Tisikninu, are you calling upon Jehovah Makedish? Are you calling upon Jehovah Shalom? Are you calling upon Jehovah Shamar? Are you calling upon Elohim? Are you calling upon Yahweh? Who are you calling upon? He is God. Every every characteristic that I just articulated is God. But if I need my wife uh, uh, to uh, fix me some food, I'm not calling upon my wife to wash my clothes. I'm calling my wife the characteristic and attribute that's been developing her to be able to cook for me. Are, are you getting this? Now, what if... Uh, uh, she, uh, I call upon her, but I'm hungry. I need some food, but she bring me uh, some clothes that she just washed. So why are you bringing that to me? Well, you said you just called me and just said bring me. Bring me what? Whatever you want to bring me. Then she brings some clothes, but I need some food. I wasn't specific. You have to be specific with God. So when you call upon God, you're not he's not an abstract God. He is a God that provides. He is a God of righteousness. He is a God of holiness. He is a God of divine health. He is a God of, uh, of peace. He's a God that provides. He's a God that is a warrior. He's a God that is a shepherd. He is the almighty, the all-sovereign one. So, so, so you, when we call on God, that's why many times uh, our praise uh, is empty and our worship is empty. It does; it's not effective, and that's what prayer is. Prayer is nothing but worship, and our prayers is not powerful because we don't even know who we're praying to. We know we're praying to God, but there's no, there's nothing specific about God that I'm praying to. There's nothing specific about His character that's in my conscious state, that is in my heart, that I'm com- coming to. When when the disciples was um, uh, uh, thought they was going to die when the wind was blowing and they called on Jesus, uh, help me. Peter was thinking, help me. So he didn't call on Jesus to break bread and multiply bread and fish. He called on Jesus to help save him from drowning. So God has to be. We have to have a revelation of God. And and for God to become real to us. And I'm not talking about a revelation just of reading out of the scripture, but when you read out of the scripture, I should get a revelation out of him. See, when I read about what God did for David, how David, God protected David and sustained it, that should give you some glimpse of what kind of God your father is. When you see how God saved uh, Noah and his family from all the sin in the world, it reveals what kind of God our father is. And he can save me like he saved Noah and his family. He can save my family. If I'm living in a community that is full of sin, he can save my family. He can sustain us and keep us. 
when I began to read in the word of the Lord uh, how uh, bold and courageous Elisha was, fearless. And I can see that he had a relationship of such intimacy with God. God was more real to him than, uh, than the king of Israel and all the kings of the nations of the world. God was real to him. So when he prayed to God, he prayed to God that that was revealed to him. And I personally believe with Elisha, God was revealed to Elisha through his relationship with Elijah. He was the servant of Elijah. And all of the encounters that Elijah had, uh, Elisha was right there with him. He was right there with him. So when Elijah encountered God, Elisha encountered God. When Elisha became fearful of Jezebel and ran from Jezebel, where was Elisha? Running right along with him. Running right along with him. And I was kind of meditating on something. The Lord began to deal with me. Uh, I shared some principles on now, but Bible study on Wednesday night. I was uh, uh, talking about the extremes of authority. Uh, one of the uh, uh, ministers in our church come from old come from old old Pentecost, and and uh, she was sharing with me why some people have an issue with authority, and uh, 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 because what they have experienced. The church she came out of, and a lot of those that with her came out of. Uh, and, and a lot of other churches came out of the experience uh, 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 oppression, depression, uh, borderline occult, uh, occultism uh, through the extremities of authority. And what happens is when they come from out of that, they go all the, way to the, all the way to the other end where they don't want to submit to authority at all. There's absolutely no divine balance. So when they see authority, it reminds them of uh, the... Uh, the abuse and the misuse that they experience. Ladies and gentlemen, everything works that we have to be a divine balance. And this is where our like all our relationship or like relationship with God comes in at. It has to be a divine balance. But authority is 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 vital in order for us to experience the fullness of God. In order for you to experience the supernatural God, the invisible God, in order for you to pray prayers and know when you pray that heaven will move Earth will move, everything will move, and have nothing to do with you, but have everything to do with the revelation of the God that you serve. Now, God is the one that created prayer. Prayer is the medium, a means where we communicate with God, have intimacy with God, reveal uh, 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 God reveals His heart and His mind to us. It's in that prayer, that 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 place of communing and fellowshipping with Him. It is not, prayer is not designed for getting things and receiving stuff, but it's a revelation. We just finished reading in, in Jeremiah uh, 29 and 11 there, and 12. It is to get in the revelation of God. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Then he said, you should call upon me. You should call upon me. And then, then go and pray to me. First, I'm going to call upon him. Then go and pray to him. Excuse me. Uh, uh, and pray to him. And, 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 and he's going to answer you. He's, going, he's not going to answer the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. He's going to answer God's sons and daughters. But I want to talk about something today. If prayer is a medium that God has uh, established in earth, and if you really think about it, prayer is a medium for the witches and the warlocks to pray to Satan. They have spirit guides. We have a spirit guide. 
Their spirit got the demonic forces. Our spirit got the Holy Spirit. And it works the same because you got to understand something. Satan is nothing but an imitator of God. His whole kingdom is created around the pattern of God's kingdom. Everything about what Satan does is he does it from the perspective. Understand, he's not a creative being. So he's imitating God, trying to duplicate God's order and God's system. Not trying to, he has duplicated God's order and God's system. That's how Satan works. So, so the witches and warlock praise. That's what you if, you, if you know anything about how they communicate, uh, it's, it's through what they call mantras. Uh, 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 we speak in tongues. Uh, they do mantras and uh, 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 different kind of uh, affirmations. We call it our confession. There's affirmation. Same thing. But they pray the Satan the most. They call Satan the most high God. They are spirit guides. We have a spirit guide. We have the Holy Spirit. They're able to tap into the realm of the spirit. Satan's kingdom is in the realm of the spirit. It's in, it dwells in, it's, it's in the second heavens above this earth. And it's, it's uh, huge. He got more than one kingdom. Uh, uh, really got seven kingdoms that he have played, geographically placed literally all over the world. And it's bigger than the earth. Time, uh, many times bigger than the earth. They're invisible uh, kingdoms. And you have different kings over these different kingdoms. There's a celestial, um, not celestial. There's a, a astral kingdom. Got two. Uh, uh, well, I want to get into that. Astral kingdom. He got have a water kingdom, celest, uh, 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 t- um, terrestrial kingdom. Uh, uh, now, when you hear people and people that knows a lot about deliverance, and when you're casting out demons, many times they will expose what kingdom they're from. And when it comes down to a lot of the manipulation in the areas of perversion, it usually comes from the water kingdom. They will tell you we come from the water. Our kingdom is in the water. And there's those that uh, uh, kingdom is uh, 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 in the air, astral kingdom. But I want to get in, that's not what I want to get into this, today, but I want to talk about this, this, the prayer, our ability to communicate, and God uses it as a channel. Now, think about it. Now, uh, you've got to understand the, the fundamentals of this thing. Even with the witches and the warlocks and even with the born-again believers, it works the same way. Uh, witches and warlocks are humans. Christians are humans. So, therefore, you have uh, two supernatural entities uh, or kingdoms uh, uh, desire influence into the earth. This whole earth is, con- is, in- is manipulated or controlled by one or two kingdoms. But legally, they can't function here. Legally, neither one of the kingdoms can function here without uh, the cooperation of a human being. This must, you've got to understand the fundamentals. Without the, uh, the cooperation of a human being, Satan could not enter into the earth realm without the cooperation of the first human being, Adam. The first man of God, a man, was Adam. He, there, there was no sin here. There was no chaos here. There was there was nothing here but what God had created, and it was up to Adam to take what God originally created, created and spread it throughout the earth. What God did in the Garden of Eden, God did, God did not re, revitalize the whole earth, just the Garden of Eden. And he placed man in Eden, which is the headquarters of the whole earth. And so Adam and Eve was to raise up supernatural beings 
human beings like he and Eve was before they sinned. And they were to what God uh, trained them in, in the, the knowledge of God, in the Garden of Eden, everything that God did and everything that Adam did and accomplished was in the Garden of Eden. Naming the animals was in the Garden of Eden. When they had children, by not partaking of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, they would have increased in the life of God. God's life would have saturated and permeated them. And if they had children in that state, uh, Cain and Adam, there's only two people they named them, they had more children than that. Cain and Adam, they don't really name the, 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 the female gender, their sisters. Uh, 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 because of the history and everything comes through the male gender because of, uh, of uh, the, the men is the masculine dimension of God and women is the feminine dimension of God. We don't want to get into that either. But it was to populate the whole earth. If they would have had ch uh, children in that state of only partaking of the tree of life, then these children would have been born, born in the life of God, but not born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But if it had been born, and they would have had children, and, and they would have spread throughout the whole earth. They would have moved beyond the Garden of Eden and taken Eden with them. Taking what God did in Eden, it would have just been spread. They would have been duplicated even, even as they populated and began to go outside of the boundaries of Eden. They would have been duplicating Eden all the way to this whole earth is filled with the glory of God like it was in Eden. That was God's original design. That was God's original heart and, and God's original mindset. Now, uh, 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 going back to, uh, um, where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, uh, before Adam sinned. Now, human beings. Human beings uh, is the legal residence of the earth. It's the legal residence of the earth. God created the heavens and the earth, and he put Adam, uh, the work of his creation, up under the authority of Adam. We see that in the book of um, Psalms, chapter 80, if I'm not mistaken, how he placed the, the work of his hand uh, upon the man. And so, therefore, men that is made in the image of God really supposed to be the one that dominates this earth. Not God and even not Satan. But man's influence would have come from one of the two kingdoms. So Satan, by manipulating Adam, so the kingdom of darkness now gained entrance and influence into the earth. God came down in the cool of the day to commune with Adam. If Adam had to continue to obey God, God would have had the greater influence and would have filled the earth with the influence of God. By one man sin entered into the world, by one man righteousness entered the earth. Whoever, there was an entrance, there was an entrance, and it came from one or two kingdoms, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. Are you getting this? The reason I'm bringing this out because this is how prayer works. This is how prayer works. And even now today, because how God created man, Satan doesn't make anyone do anything, ladies and gentlemen, just like God. Satan cannot violate the law that governs man. And the law that governs man is the power of choice. The law that governs human beings is the power of choice. Satan did not make Eve partake of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. She will to. 
He presented it to her. He suggested it to her. He manipulated her. He lied to her, but she still had to exercise her will. She already knew what the known will of God was. To Satan brought an alternative for her to choose. She act, she exercised uh, her will to choose what the devil said to her through the serpent. And by her exercising her will, understand this, ladies and gentlemen, our will is what makes us like God. No other creation upon the earth is have a will. No other creation. Only human beings. And that's the only thing that makes us like God and makes us this, uh, a distinction between us and the animals that God created. Animals operate by instinct. We have a will. We, ch- we have the power of choice. Animals have to be trained. Animals have to be trained. You have to tame them, train them. In a way, we have to be trained and tamed too. We also, especially since we were born in sin <laughs> and, and, and shaped iniquity, now that's why parents have to discipline children and help, help reshape their mentality and reshape their perspective on life. That's what and what uh, uh, we have to do for children, and that's what we have to do for other individuals as our minds has been shaped in God. Are you getting this? So Satan have no right here, can do no damage here. So he finds the agent. Who is the agent, human agents of, of the kingdom of darkness? People that is covenant with Satan. Who is the agents of God? People that is covenant with God. Who covenant with God? Christians. When you ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Savior and Lord, I'm going to probably teach on that lordship. I'm doing a disciple, a gentleman just finished a lesson on lordship and and. and and, 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 and we really got to get that down. I asked him a question. We were uh, teaching on Lordship. I want to get back to this principle here on Lordship. On la- uh, This week, Thursday, I was um, uh, sharing some principle on Lordship. <clears throat> and he said, uh, uh, I asked him a question about the lesson we were reading. He said, I said, what do you get from this? He said, what I get from this here is nobody uh, can receive him as Lord and not be saved. I said, that's good. And that's absolutely true. I said, but somebody can receive him as Savior and he not be Lord. I said, it's impossible for Jesus to be Lord in a person's life without the person being saved. I said, but it is possible for a person to be saved and he never become Lord. And I said, that's the problem with the church. They only received him as Savior, but very few people have received and experienced his Lordship. Because to experience his Lordship is to commit your spirit, soul, heart, mind, your marriage, your finances, your children, your grandchildren, your home, your vehicle. You commit it all to the Lordship of Christ. You commit it all to him calling the shots. When he becomes Lord, you have ceased to call the shots. When he becomes Lord, you have ceased to try to save yourself. When he becomes Lord, you have ceased to try to heal yourself. When he becomes Lord, you have ceased everything about you, and you're living in total dependency upon him. But I don't want to get into that, but that's a little sidebar that somebody needed this morning and that the Lord has uh, shared with you. Now, going back to uh, the act of our will, nobody got to say they can't make me do anything. God don't make me do anything. It's an exercise of my will. There's always a presentation. Just like Satan uh, uh, used the serpent to present an alternative to Eve, why she should eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, which God forbidden her not to eat, that's always the situation with us, ladies and gentlemen. It's the power of choice. It's the power of choice. 
When I choose to lie, it's because uh, I uh, 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 submitted to something that I think is going to benefit me. I lie because I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to lie I see going to benefit me, and it never benefit you. And God said, the day that you part of the tree, you're going to surely die. They did die. They were separated from God. And when you and I lie, it separates us from God. We die at that moment from God until we repent, and then we come back in right relationship with him. So it's a power of choice. And the choice is usually to protect me to, in some kind of way, fashion, or form, or show me, reveal to me how I would gain from doing this right here. But we always lose at the end. We always lose at the end. That's the manipulation of Satan. What he did with Eve, he does with us all the time. It's the manipulation. When the enemy says, go ahead and give up on this and give up on this, and we give up on it because we see an alternative. Anytime a man or woman commit adultery, or whatever the case may be, it's because the enemy has lied, and you accepted the lie. And what usually happens, you're experiencing something negative on one hand, and the enemy is presenting something that appears to be better than what you experienced on this hand. But the problem is this right here. When you choose the alternative, it's the alternative that you choose is what God has denied you from choosing. That's, that's, that's how he gets us. And so, so, But I'm looking at what God has told me to choose. I chose this, but therefore, here's something else that appeared to be better because what God gave me appeared not to be working. It appeared to be working against me and not working for me. And so enemy will come and present something that appeared to offer you something better than what you're experiencing. But the problem is what has been offered you, who's offering it to you, and what you're experiencing that appeared to be negative, who gave that to you? God gave the one gave that to you what you're experiencing, what appear to be experiencing negative from. God gave that to you. And what the enemy presents to you, it don't, you don't see the enemy. You just see somebody look good. You hear somebody talking good. You hear somebody presenting something that is better to you. If somebody said somebody respecting you, somebody loving you, somebody giving you gifts. When your husband's not giving you gifts, somebody respecting you. When your wife is not respecting you, see, this is how it works. He's offering an alternative. And the problem with the alternative that he's offering is usually illegal from God's perspective. It's still the power of choice. Satan don't make me do anything. He don't make you do anything. God don't make me do anything. He don't make you do anything. When God presents something to you and then it appears to be negative, the negative that God is presenting to you is a test. And the test is, uh, do you love me? Not what I'm giving you, or not what I gave you. Ladies and gentlemen, the key is not what he gives you or have given you. The key is him, who is the giver of all things. Well, why will you give me something negative like this? No, I'm giving this to you to see where you receive my choice for you. But what you gave me is causing me pain. The reason it's causing you pain is because your eyes on the gift that I gave you and not on me, the gift giver. And you, you really care more about the gift. You begin to care more about the gift than the gift giver. And that's why it turns, ladies and gentlemen, usually it turns. Usually start experiencing pain. Had a very uh, 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 intimate, good fellowship with my oldest daughter. I done started by taking my daughters out on their dates. And this morning was my oldest uh, daughter time uh, that I spent with her. 
uh, this morning, and she was we were talking about relationships and uh, uh, some, some some something is the same vein. We're, we're communicating about relationship and how she was frustrated with one particular relationship uh, uh, that she was. I listened to my daughter and that she was uh, 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 and, and nobody God because God really was speaking through her and I I love what I heard God speaking through her. It shows me that God is communicating to her and 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 it blessed me that my daughter was open open to her father and, and was able to share with her father where her heart was and with, with, with a certain relationship, and uh, and God was trying to show her, gave her. She told me God was giving her warning sickness all the time that this is not me, this is not me, this is not me. And uh, she ignored the warning uh, sickness and began to now suffering the consequences uh, of that. But the beautiful thing is that she acknowledges it, and that's what blessed me more than anything. She was able to acknowledge what is God. And so by the same principle, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy will always present something to us that will look good, smell good. But if, it, if I have to receive something to violate the God assigned, this is what I shared with my daughter, if, you, if I have to violate the God-ordained relationships for my life to enter into another relationship, <laughs> I say God don't come against God. And what's going to happen, you're going to experience the fall every time. When you and I have to violate the God-ordained, God-assigned relationships, when we have to, with the, uh, uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, deny them, give them up to get another kind of relationship, something is wrong. God is not going to come against God for God. God is not going to come against God for God. So we have to understand these principles, how the realm of the spirit operates, how God operates. Now, all that time really prepared me to bring you to this right here concerning prayer. Why isn't more prayers answered? If God created prayer for us to communicate, Satan communicate, uh, created prayer for the witches and the warlocks to communicate to him in his realm. God created prayer for us to be able to communicate with God in his realm. Then if prayer is an agent that God has given us, a means that God has given us to be able to communicate, to be able to fellowship, to be able to worship, to be able to execute his heart and his mind, or to release God in this world by, uh, by, uh, uh, by one man's sin entering into the world, by one man's righteousness has entered into this world. So God wants to enter into. How does he enter into? Through prayer. God is not coming knocking your door down. God enters into your life. God enters into my life by prayer. Prayer welcomes him. Prayer invites him. God, who dwells in the third heavens, his throne is in the third heaven. E.J. McKenzie is on earth. He says, any two agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of the Father, which is where? In heaven. Same principle, ladies and gentlemen. Look at these principles. Satan's going to take this and work this and establish the same principle for his agents in the earth realm. Same thing. He's going to use these same principles for his agents, and his agents work it, ladies and gentlemen. So if God has created prayer for God to be able to be released in the earth realm, the will of God to be released in the earth realm, for God to flourish in the earth realm, for the kingdom of God to flourish in the earth realm, why don't we see it then? Why don't we see God flourishing through prayer? And we, we do a lot of prayer. I'm a praying man. My wife is a praying woman. My children is praying. We've got a praying congregation. Uh, we have several prayer lines. 
uh, that we've established, why don't we see more momentum? Why don't we see greater manifestation? Why don't we see greater demonstrations of the hand of God in the earth realm through the mediation of prayer? <clears throat> Let's look at some things here in the word of the Lord, if you will. I think God's going to help us today. Well, I know we're not going to be able to finish this today. Maybe the Lord will permit us to finish it next week. But we want to look at some things concerning prayer. What is the things that blocks us from prayer? Let's look at a few scriptures here this morning. Psalm 68, 18 is going to be the first scripture that we're going to use that will hinder our prayers that will block God from moving and block us from being able to commune and fellowship with God in an intimate way, and the supernatural to be released in the earth realm. Psalms 68 and verse 18. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You mean to tell me? But I'm praying. Yeah, you're praying, but you are what? Regarding what? Iniquity in your heart. Praying, but regarding it. Praying, but don't what? regarding iniquity in my heart. Well, what is the word regard? Let me give you uh, the English. This is not the Hebrew definition, but this is the English definition of the word regard. To regard means to consider or think of. To consider or think of in a special way. It also means to gaze at steadily in a specified fashion, to gaze. I'm praying, but, but, but think about it. But I'm regarding iniquity in my heart. That means the thing that is in my heart that I'm regarding is designed for me to consider. I'm praying to God, but I'm still considering this thing in my heart. I don't want to give this thing up. I have not repented of this thing. I have not renounced this thing. I'm praying to God, but I'm holding on to the sin. I'm regarding the sin, the iniquity, the transgression in my heart. I'm gazing at this thing steadily. When I finish praying with God, as soon as I finish praying, and even while you're praying with God, the, the, you start imagining it while you're praying. You start thinking on it while you're praying to God. The thing that you have regarded in your heart or the sin that you regard in your heart. Another definition of the word regard is uh, uh, having relationship to or connection with. If I regard sin in my heart, I'm having a relationship with the thing that's in my heart. If I'm regarding sin in my heart, the sin that is in my heart is connecting me, making me one with it. That's what we don't get. I become one with it, but I'm still praying to God, but I'm one with the sin that I'm regarding my heart. Nobody sees it. Nobody hear, know about it. I'm, I'm doing the church stuff. I'm still going to church. I'm still going to prayer meetings. I'm still doing everything, but I'm holding this thing in my heart. And it says here, the definition of regard, once again, in this, this particular definition, is having relationship to or connection with or concern with this thing that I'm regarding in my heart. What is I'm saying? I'm praying to God, but this thing I'm regarding is more valuable to me than God. Are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Another definition is uh, attention to. He, if I regard Iniquity in my heart, it's not, it's not on a matter of time that I'm going to heed the iniquity that is in my heart because everything flows from my heart. Prayer flows from my heart. Uh, your worship flows from your heart. Uh, and prayer doesn't matter who you pray to, but everything springs from the heart. Prayer springs from the heart. Your destiny flows from your heart. Your life flows from your heart. Your future flows from your heart. Everything flows from your heart. So notice what this psalmist says. Uh, 6 to 8, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord will not hear me. 
You mean to tell me if I'm bombarding, I bind you, Satan, I rebuke you, Satan. I drive you out in the name of Jesus. I call down the fire of God upon you. I release the vengeance of God upon you. Nothing is happening. No. Because Satan knows. Let me stop those prayer warriors. Let me stop those men and women of God. Let me get them to become ashamed. And I want them to hold these secret sins in their heart. That nobody know about it. They still dress nice externally. They still quote scriptures everywhere they go. They still preach a good word. They're still using the gifts of the Spirit. Because I'm going to manipulate them and trick them, think them, if you're using the gifts of the Spirit, that you're spiritual. I'm going to make the Christians really think that they're spiritual. And so they're not going to uh, 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 get rid of the sin, a secret sin of their heart. They're not going to get rid of it because they... They, they are self-deceived, self-tricked, and I'm going to use them to trick and deceive and manipulate other people because the standard for other people is how well a person sounds when they pray and how a person flows in the gifts of the Spirit. So that becomes the standard, and so therefore not the life of Christ. So they're not going to get rid of the secret sin. They're going to continue to operate in the flow in the secret sins. Let's look at another scripture. And, and see, I'm going to tell you what makes it worse, ladies and gentlemen. When we try to hide it from people and not consciously aware, we cannot hide it from God. So we become more people or conscious than God conscious. We're more concerned about how people think about us if I expose my secret sin than what God thinks about me. Help us all, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 59. Notice what it says. These are the things that block intercession, block warfare. Block our prayer life and hinder our prayer life. Isaiah 59 and uh, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not too shortened that it cannot say, neither his ear heavy that it cannot bear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear, that he will not hear. So if I'm, if I'm struggling with getting my prayers answered, and you know the problem is with us, and especially with our church, we are pray in church. But what has happened with Panorama is this right here. We value prayer and don't even look for the answer. So we don't measure people's spirituality based on the answer to their prayer. We measure people's spirituality by them praying. If they can pray an hour and they can pray long and they can pray uh, pray the scripture, man, say, oh man, you're a you're a prayer warrior. How many of your prayers been answered? Why is it we, we're so easily deceived? Why is it we're so easily tricked? We love forms and fashion. The, the, the Corinthian church coming against Paul. Paul wanted to establish the Corinthian church in his own. He was the father of the Corinthian church, and they coming against him. He said, when I get there, we're going to see. He said, but the kingdom of God doesn't come in work, but the kingdom of God comes in power. So oh, you all talking about what you all to learn from other, other, other uh, teachers and other men and women of God, and now you all want to challenge me? You can have 10,000 instructors, but only one father, not many fathers. These guys are instructors. I'm your father. And now you have learned some, awesome, some good things from them. But when I get there, and you all are challenging me, your father, the kingdom of God doesn't come in where it comes in power. When I get it, who got the power? Can I say the same thing? The kingdom of God doesn't come in how well you pray, how long you pray, 
But the power of prayer, the power of the manifestation of your prayers. How many of your prayers has been answered? But well, we, we satisfied with praying and expecting absolutely no answer. We've come to that place. We pray. Man, that was a good prayer meeting. Okay, we come back next meeting. Pray again. That was a good prayer meeting. Did God answer anything from last week to this week? Then let's examine. Let us examine it. Let's, let's, something's wrong. <clears throat> but what's wrong? Maybe sin. Maybe I'm regarding sin in my heart. And God has hid his face from us. God has hid his face from us. Oh, you're getting this, ladies and gentlemen? And you've got to understand how this works. When I do confess my sin, for God to remove sin, and for God to hear me, and for God's face to be turned back to me, we know we have to confess it. We know we have to repent, right? But I'm going to tell you why God still, we don't see, still don't see a great move of God after we have repented, after we have confessed. It's because usually our conf confession is like this right here. Father, forgive me for everything I've done, said, thought that wasn't like it. And we've gone on. And we thank God heard that. If we stop and meditate, wait a minute. My sin was specific, but my confession repentance is general. I'm saying my sin was specific, but my confession and my repentance is general. Father, forgive me for everything I've done, said, thought that wasn't like you. And you think God going to answer that? No. No. If I lied to you, God forgive me for lying. I lied against you, and I lied against your creation. Father, forgive me. Cleanse me. Watch me from this sin. Forgive me for hurting you. Forgive me for wounding you. I need to be specific with God. If I stole from you, I need to confess, God, I'm a thief. Forgive me for being a thief. I stole from you by from stealing from my boss or my job, or stealing from my spouse, or stealing from my children, or stealing from my parents. Forgive me for being a thief. Have mercy upon me. Grant me repentance. Grant me to turn from this wickedness of my heart. Let this thing be rooted up and rooted out of me. I renounce uh, the spirit of theft in Jesus' name. And the Holy Spirit will begin to help me. I can't be general with this thing. That's why a lot of people say, but I, I repent to God every day. God forgive me for everything I've done. Say, I thought it wasn't like you. If I ask you, what did you do? I just sinned against God. But what did you do? You know, I did something wrong. And that if I say, if God said, you got to be specific. Are you getting this? I, I, pray, I pray to God that, that, that you, you're getting this. And sometimes if you would just sit down and begin to meditate, and they, even as I was going over this, it's a little fox that spoils the vine. It's not the big things. It's the little foxes that spoils the vine. The one that you don't think nobody, that you, you don't want nobody to see, but God sees it all. He's omnipresent. But it's blocking your prayer. It's blocking hindering your intercession. It's hindering your warfare. And you want to know the amazing thing about this? 
what fascinates me, the gifts of the Spirit is in the operation, and that's what trick and manipulate the majority of us preachers. The Scripture clearly tells us in, in Matthew 7, not everyone uh, uh, says unto me, Lord, Lord, we enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those that does the will of my Father. Many in that day will come unto me and say, I prophesy in your name. I lay hands on the sick in, uh, in your name. I cast out devils in your name. But, but I'm going to say to them, depart from me. I know you're not. You work of iniquity. He said, well, how could that be? I didn't work of iniquity. I flew into the gifts of the Spirit. He said, that shows your ignorance. The gifts and the call of the God are without repentance. It's a gift I gave that to you for me, but you use it for you. He used it for you. You didn't use it for me. But he not does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? I pray to God that the Spirit of God uh, 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 is ministering to us. And I personally believe even uh, uh, many people that are struggling receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they refuse to release the things that is in their heart. They refuse to uh, release those secret things. They want, to, want an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. They want a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but they're still holding on to the secret things in their heart. And they go to prayer meetings. Lord, I want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I want to speak in tongues with the Holy Spirit. Give me utterance. And the Spirit of God is moving on everybody in the meeting but you. What is this? I must be in the wrong church. What makes you think you're in the wrong church? Because God will move for everybody not moving for you, examine your heart. And all of us, I want to I uh, recommend this to all of us. Get in a quiet place today after this broadcast. Get in a quiet place and say, Holy Spirit, show me the secret sins that I've been, I have embraced in my heart. He'll start bringing illustration situation, and it'll blow your mind. Remember sister so-and-so, remember brother so-and-so, remember how you gossip, uh, uh, you and your uh, spouse gossip about this person, and this even with us preachers. And I don't do this. I don't talk about my members. I, I don't get into that foolishness. I don't have time for that foolishness. We're going to talk about, okay, uh, uh, the Spirit God said, remember this here? Remember uh, how you struggle with so-and-so? Every time I bring that person up in your mind, somebody talk about them, how you, you can feel the hurt in the wounds, you haven't forgiven them. You said it with your mouth, but you have not really forgiven them, released them from your heart. Because you're still thinking about how, how could they do this to me. I'm not constantly bringing it up in your face. How could you do this to me? You have not forgiven them from your heart. That, which is another one of the things that blocks our prayers, I will get to in a few minutes here. Is, is is when we we refuse to forgive people. God will bring up in your mind. Rem, remember uh, 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 when you went to the store, grocery store and the cashier gave you more money than you, you're supposed to receive back, but you didn't return the money, and you want to know why my spirit cannot fill your heart? Because your heart is filled with greed, and you called it was a blessing. That's blasphemy, calling something that's God that is not God. Son, daughter, I don't bless that way. I don't bless that way. Return the money. Do you not understand that money going to have to come out of that young lady's pay, uh, paycheck? That money going to come out of that young man's paycheck if they over, uh, gave you more money than you should have received? And you want to know why? Your heart cannot be filled with my Holy Spirit because your heart is filled with money. Greed. He has to, to deal with us about these things. Deal with about these things. Remember... That uh, uh, those, those brand new supplies that your office just received. Remember those pins you, you, you stuck in your purse. 
You remember the pins you put in your pocket? Oh, I like the way these pins write. And you took about three or four or five of them. You didn't ask the boss. Son, that is theft. You just stole from your job. That's theft. See, we don't think about these things. And so what happens is we want God to move in our lives, but we pray in the prayer. But I don't sense you. I'm praying, God. He said, how can you hear me? How can you sense me? It is sin that has separated you and me. I have turned my face. Repent and turn back to me so I can turn back to you. Are you getting this? I pray to God that you're getting this. These are some of the things that hinder us. This is is the one I was talking about earlier. Unforgiving spirits hinder and block our prayer life. Notice what the scripture says. Forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us. If we do not forgive those who trespass against you, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Are we seeing this here? Mark 11, 25 and 26. It says, and when ye stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, 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 that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. It will never work because you have things in your heart. Me and my wife had a, uh, was talking one day. And uh, we were talking about the mistakes and the errors that both of us has made. And I mean, we were sharing this right here. I, this. I said, God, I said, God allow you to make mistakes to expose me, allows me to uh, make mistakes to expose you, to show us where we, was in, where we was located in our relationship with him, not each other, with him. Because if we in divine alignment with him, everything will start flowing with us. Was it painful? Absolutely. But why do you allow to have to perfect love? What is the greatest miracle? Forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. Why? Because forgiveness of sin releases restoration, releases reconciliation. When you truly forgive somebody from your heart, reconciliation automatically is activated. Restoration is automatically activated. Restoration and reconciliation back to God the Father, and then God the Father will begin to cause your earthly relationships to experience restoration and reconciliation. Are you getting this? What's another problem that hinders prayers, intercession, warfare, and moving into supernatural? First Peter three six seven says, "Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are." As long as you ye do well and do excuse me and are not afraid with any amazement, likewise ye husband, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel. And that's where men have problem at. But we give honor as them to, as the weaker vessel, they wanna act like they the head. They wanna act like they they the husband. They wanna act like they the father. They wanna act like they the authority. They wanna act like they masculine. And a lot of women act masculine. And, and 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 but want to be treated femininely, but act masculine. Well, I want to get into that. But notice what it says: Ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. 
So therefore we see strife in a marriage, strife in a family will block family prayers, will block the husband and wife prayers. They cannot ascend because why? When there's strife in a family, in a marriage, it's nothing but a revelation that there is a breakdown in the man-husband and the wife relationship with God. And but this, this is the problem, secret sins. So the husband and the wife in public look good in the eyes of one another, uh, other people, excuse me. They go to church dressing good, dressing in the same colors, dressing in the same outfits. Man, they get the accolades of people, accolades of men, but they act like the devil when they get home, or even before they get home. And they're driving their vehicle by, with each other. It's the devil. Just got out here, been everybody, ooh, y'all look so good together. Oh, when I grow up, I want to be just like y'all. If you only knew. If you only knew. You think you want to grow up and be like them. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to learn how to admire the grace of God in people's lives. You have no clue. Some of the stuff that comes out about preachers shock you. That's why you put your faith in us. You put your faith in the grace of God that works in us. You got to learn how to do that. When you see God doing something, the man and woman of God, admire, give God glory. Not the man and the woman. Give God glory for the grace that you see in operation. This is what I teach my people. I teach my children that. This is grace. What you experience in this home is grace. It's the grace. It's not your dad. It's not your mama. It's the grace of God. And I keep, try to keep balance with myself and keep balance with my wife and keep balance with my children. Because if we don't recognize it's the grace of God, pride going to come in. And pride going to exalt us. And pride going to build us up. And when pride exalts itself and we let people praise us, it's on a matter of time. You're getting ready to experience the fall. You can take that to the bank. You're getting ready to experience a great fall. Pride goes before the fall. And when you have individuals that is not in relationship with anybody to help bring balance in their life and to bring discipline in their life, it's on a matter of time. I got people like that that have been around me for years, I've, uh, in relationship with years, full of pride, but don't even know, recognize their pride. And what they do, pride for people has ability to attract renegades, rebellious individuals. They have a tendency to attract them because they, the renegades is, is being attracted to someone that is a renegade, but you don't know they're a renegade. Let me move on. Uh, where I want to go next. My time is based, but I got about five minutes. Here's another one, ladies and gentlemen. Here's another one. Uh, Second Chronicles, forsaking God. Uh, Second Chronicles is 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 a scripture here that you probably don't don't see it. Well, that's not the scripture I want to look at. But I'm gonna go ahead and and, and stay right there. And um, uh, Second Chronicles is something that I was looking at. And he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa. And all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Wait a minute. But, you know, I haven't forsook God. I go to church. I do my morning devotion. I go to power meeting. 
Sunday morning service, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the choir, praise team, whatever. I haven't forsook God. You can go to church and have forsaken God, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happened with children of Israel throughout their whole history. They went to church, but they were serving other gods on the side. Still did the church stuff, but serving other gods. They had forsook God. Let's look at something, if you will. Let's look at the definition of the word forsake. The word forsake means to abandon. To abandon. To abandon someone or something. You say, well, how could God be abandoned if I go to church? Well, you can go to church, but you've abandoned him in your heart. You're doing things out of duty. And you're not doing things out of love for God. Another word for uh, forsake is renounce or give up something valued, a pleasant. Renounce or give up something valued. I used to value God, but now I have forsaken God. Uh, 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 are you getting this? See, see, see. There's things that come in my life. There's things that comes in your life to steal our affection for God. I did a message a while back called Stolen Affections. You ought to get that series. It'll bless you. Stolen Affections. And the enemy's ultimate goal is to steal my affection. And whatever you affectionate towards, ladies and gentlemen, is what you're going to pursue. You're going to be driven by that. Whatever you have affection toward, if it's money, if it's uh, uh, other people, is it reputation, whatever your affection towards, you've got to see how this thing operates. So he says here, the Lord is with you while you, you will be with him. But if you seek him, he will be found of you. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Have I forsook God? Have you forsook God? What did the Bible say about pride? God says about pride, think about James. God resists the proud. Why? It's, does it sound like God resists the proud because the proud has resisted God? When we pride, prideful, we resist, we resist God because we say, I don't need God. We think we are on everything. I can, I can accomplish this. I can do this. I don't need God. We don't say it with our mouth. That's why we still go to church. We still do the church stuff and the church thing. But these are the things that come and block our prayer life, block our ability to be effective in prayer, intercession, and warfare, ladies and gentlemen. So he says, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Have I forsook God? Have you forsaken God? And to forsake him means that somebody else became more valuable. Somebody else became more valuable to me than God. I can become more valuable to me than God. Money become more valuable to me than God. Position and status become more valuable to me than God. Accolades for men can come, become more valuable to me than God. So forsaken. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you and I forsake the true and the living God and seek out the other gods, do not expect for God to answer our prayers 
it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Let's look at another one, if you will, concerning Moses provoking God. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and uh, verse 26. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. Now, why was God angry with Moses? How did Moses provoke God? Because God told Moses, because you struck the rock and did not speak to the rock, you misrepresented me. So therefore, you will not enter into the land of Canaan. So he goes before God in prayer and asks God again, how many have ever done that before? How many God specifically told you no? But you are still pursuing it and trying to make something, trying to make God change his mind. That's witchcraft. And then notice how God's response to him. God got angry. God got angry because he had already told him, you're not going to the land of Canaan. Verse 26 again. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. And would not, now Moses, God wouldn't listen to, and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. God, can I have this? Speak no more to me on this matter. I already told you no. Can I marry this person? Speak to me no more on this matter. That's how God operates, ladies and gentlemen. That's how God operates. That's how God flows. That's how God moves. To go a prayer is speaking his heart, his mind. Pray in his heart and pray in his mind. I see that my time is up unless there's someone that is our prayer. This is set aside for prayer, intercession, warfare, and even in the prophetic. But I'm going to make a statement about the prophetic, but I'm not going to make that statement about the prophetic. So I just want to make the statement about him. About him. So let's look at this, if you will. If there's anyone want prayer concerning anything that the Lord said, that you was caught in the word of the Lord today, and I can see, you say, preacher, I can see where I, while my prayer life haven't gotten off the ground. And there's, there's many more uh, that we have not dealt with concerning uh, hindrance to prayer. What is the thing that's blocking my intimacy, blocking my intercession, blocking my warfare, blocking my progression in the realm of, realm of the spirit? It's the secret things. It's the little things that we pay no attention to. And God has given us models in the word of the Lord what to do and how to do what needs to be done and to, things to avoid. So there's no one that needs prayer. So uh, uh, what we would do, we'll just go ahead and I think I may have somebody here. Let me see here. Uh, i got somebody here. Let me see what they say in here. Oh, I think this is a question. So does that mean, uh, let me go up here, if you will, uh, so can I read this here? Uh, I've got quite a few people in in chat this morning. Uh, uh, I'm trying to read this blessing. Uh, no, 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 no. So does that mean that if you have sin, that you have not uh, 
repent of repent of God, I'm not sure they mean repent of God, repent of God and we'll not hear your prayers. Of course not, God will not hear your prayers if you have sin in your heart. If you regard sin in your heart, if you repent of the sin that you regard in your heart, it's automatically instantaneously uh forgiven, removed, thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, and remember them no more. Instantaneously they are reforgiven. So no uh if you regard sin, of course not. You you have separated yourself from God if you regard sin. But if you if if you ask God to forgive you instantaneously I'm not talking about this hammy mammy stuff. God forgive me. God listen, I lied. I lied. If you God forgive me for everything I've done, said, thought of what uh, was in my No, 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 we're not talking about that kind of stuff. We're talking about listen, I lied on this brother, I lied on this sister. I got to be specific. God, this is what I did. God already knows what I did. So so you ain't catching by surprise by telling him it's not for God, it's for me. Yes. So I need to ask God, God, this is the real deal. You already knew the fit real deal. And I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, instantaneously, it is done, settled, and sealed. That you're, but you've got to mean it from your heart, and you've got to be specific with it. That's, and you can't regard this thing in your heart. And you have something to do battle with that. That's one thing I was talking to my, my daughter. She's about the thoughts coming to your mind. I said the foundation of it, and thought's going to kind of hit your mind, but you got to that's where the reality of the Scripture comes in, at, ladies and gentlemen. The reality of the Scripture is this right here. The reality of the scripture is what the word of the living God says about me if I do this. And, but the enemy is going to try, uh, try to bombard, but he have no foundation. The foundation for the enemy bombarding my mind is sin. But since I repented of my sin, sin have no dominion over me. Jesus is my conqueror over sin. So sin have no right to me. That means these last thoughts that kind of come into my mind have no foundation and have no right. I say not so in Jesus' name. I say not so. Get out of my mind. My mind belongs to the Most High God. I have the mind of Christ, and the foundation of my thoughts is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the life of Christ Jesus. You got to do spirit warfare yourself when we don't miss it. When you, we can get the fundamentals down by ourselves, then we can move the battle and war for somebody else. I see another a question here. Uh... I see. I can see how I have allowed frustration in my marriage to block my prayers for for me. Yeah. Well, but well, that wasn't no question. But <laughs> I guarantee you, every marriage has experienced that. Every husband and every wife <laughs> have have experienced that frustration in your marriage because our eyes is on our spouses and not our responsibility as unto God towards our spouses. My have a responsibility to Kathy as unto the Lord and not a responsibility to Kathy. Do you understand that? I have a responsibility to Kathy as unto the Lord and not a responsibility to Kathy. My goal is executing my office as a husband if Kathy never execute her office as a spouse. It is well, why would God give some we got to saying that God didn't give everybody their spouse. But regardless, God can bring our spouses to the place that they need to be if we would do the right thing. We got to do the right thing, ladies and gentlemen. This is vital, but we got to understand how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen. The devil cannot 
getting advantage of us. God can save our spouses, and I'm not talking about saving them from the perspective of they need to Jesus. Uh, our spouses have Jesus, but they are not saved nor delivered from the vices that's manipulated them and controlling them. And and many times it's because one spouse is not doing the, uh, their part, and the devil will kill two birds with one stone. So therefore, if I'm not, uh, uh, my wife is walking in alignment, I'm not walking in alignment, my, uh, me walking out of alignment will cause her not to walk in alignment. She's getting frustrated and aggravated, so she get out of line, so the devil killed two birds one stone. So the goal with prayer, intercession, and warfare, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, for you and I uh, to be able to be in right relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and now he can use us as an instrument to reveal his, for his real to be discovered as well as for you and I to execute his heart and his mind. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for these great men and women of God that is gathered together on this uh, Saturday noonday prayer. Noon is a time of transition, and we thank and we praise you, O oh God, that which you have spoken, O oh God, into the hearts and the minds of the people, and which you have spoken through these fiber optics uh, into the earth today, in Jesus' mighty name. During this noonday prayer, Lord God, we thank and we praise you for the Spirit of the living God, taking these words that have been articulated through your servant and begin to work them in the heart of the minds of your people and those that will come, Lord God, and tap into this um, prayer line uh, 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 by archives later on in Jesus' name. Everyone under the sound of my voice, uh, I thank you, Lord God, for the elevation and the promotion of their prayer life. Um, we thank you, we praise for granting us, O oh God, repentance. Uh, so we can now, O oh God, uh, we begin to confess uh, exactly the thing that we did against you, sir, that you would turn around and be faithful continuously and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, O oh God, and that you will restore us in our rightful place in Jesus' mighty name. Lord God, you're so merciful and gracious to all of us. Oh, you are the one that has conquered sin. And we thank you for us, giving us the heart of the mind to allow Jesus to conquer sin in us and through us. He has already defeated sin. But as we yield to him, he will manifest his victory over sin in us, in our flesh, in our soul, in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. I speak and pronounce your blessings upon this audience even this day in the name of the Lord Jesus. And all of those that will come by archives and listen to this radio broadcast, sir, I bring them subject to the Lordship and the influence of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray for conviction of sin, righteousness, judgment will increase in all of us, O oh God. Don't allow us, O oh God. Don't allow us to walk in secret faults and secret sins. Shine your floodlight on all of our hearts that we can confess. Oh, God, that we've been liars, we've been manipulators. Lord God, that we have used you, we have used people, Lord God. Forgive us for all of these things that we have done, sin that we have committed against you, sir. Knowing that sin will not have any more dominion over us. We speak and decree and declare to be so today. You will, no more have, you will no longer have dominion over us. You will no longer have dominion over our spouses. You will no longer have dominion over our children. You will no longer have dominion over our, uh, our neighbors and our communities. You will no longer have dominions over Panorama and the churches uh, in the earth realm that is up the most high God. You will no longer have dominion over the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. No more. You will no longer have dominion over the sons and daughters of the most high God even his creation in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. We speak and decree and declare to be so. Now, Father, seal this prayer by the atoning blood of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, men and women of God, we pray that the Lord has spoken something to you, and it was a blessing to you concerning hindrance of prayers. Let us make the adjustments so we'll no longer be hindered. 
Pray for us, war for us, and battle for us. We pray that your service tomorrow will be filled with the presence of God, Holy Spirit-led, governing control, and under the power of the Spirit of God. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. We love and appreciate you. Let's keep one another lifted up in prayer. Don't forget the last Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, prayer, 5.30 a.m. Go to our website and get the info, ejmpcc.com. God bless you. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.